0: There's a number of reasons people go to church, isn't there? Um, perhaps it's something that they've always done. Perhaps they were brought up that way. Um, maybe their friends or their parents go. None of these reasons are uh, explicitly bad, are they? In fact, they, all those reasons I just gave, they apply to me. But they can't be the only reason we go to church. There's got to be more. Uh, Otherwise, really, what's the point? There's little to gain, I think. It needs to be something that impacts our life. But what's our subject today? Our subject is why I go to church. So I don't want to think about why people go to church. I don't even want to tell you why you should go to church. I just want to give you three brief reasons about why I go to church. And then hopefully these reasons can help you to decide whether it's something that should be, that, that, that is important to you as well. So we're going to just consider three little uh, ideas um, through our talk th- this afternoon. So um, the first one is, the first reason I'm going to give about why I go to church is that because I believe that God tells us to meet together. The second reason is because I'm not a good person. And the third reason is because I'm important to the church. Um, And I hope you stay with me till the end, because otherwise that's going to sound quite big-headed. But we'll hopefully see in our explanation later what I mean about that. Um, I'm going to try and highlight one key Bible passage as well. Uh, to back up each of the points as we go through it. Something for you to remember and take away. So what was our first one? Because God tells us to meet together. As, as with many ideas in the Bible, um, this is introduced to us in Genesis. This isn't, isn't our key passage, but if you want to turn with me to Genesis 2, uh, by all means, um, I'm just going to pick out a few little verses just to introduce our idea. Uh, Genesis 2, verse 18, for example, God says... Um, to the angels uh, he says it is not good for the man to be alone i will make a helper suitable for him then verse 20 um, the second half of it says but adam but for adam no suitable helper was fi- was found and so what does god do well in verse 23 um, or 22 he creates eve and then in verse 23 adam says This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman for she was taken out of man for this reason a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh so right from the start of the bible god tells us that it's not good for us to be alone and he introduces the family unit here and i think that applies to the church as well because the church can be considered our spiritual family and we'll think about that a bit more in our third reason. Um, But what is a church in the Bible, or or in particular in Jesus' time? Well this is our key verse that I want to think about in Luke chapter 6, so if you'd like to turn with me there please. So this is near the start of Jesus' ministry. Um, I could have gone to a few of the Gospels uh, for, for this verse, but um, i picked the one in Luke chapter 6. And we would let's just read verse 12 and 13. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he, cho- he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, who he also designated apostles. And then it goes through the 12 apostles. I think this is Jesus introducing the church um, or ecclesia, as as the Greek word uh, uh, is described, he's introducing the church. It's a congregation of people with a common belief. It's not a building, but it's the people. So throughout Jesus' life, he was constantly with his church as he travelled with his disciples and with others. And one of the key things about Christianity isn't, is about following Jesus, isn't it? And they, and you can go through Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and just see that all the people that follow Jesus and that that is Christianity in its simplest form. But what we get from our key verse here is that Jesus, even though he was the son of God, this isn't something he did by himself. We're introduced there in verse 12, what he does um before he chooses his church he goes out to the mountainside to pray and i think he was praying um about his decision about who to choose who that who would become this big part of his life as he went through so many trials and tribulations and it's i think it's really important here to note that jesus did this because he needed those those others to help him and um, yes we see throughout his his life he separates himself um, he goes off on his own to speak to God, to meditate uh, and pray on his own. But then he returns to his church, doesn't he? He's surrounded by that throughout his life. And so, if if some if you if you hear today, some say that all that is required of us is to believe in God and we're saved. Well, I'm not sure. We see that from the life of Jesus. And in the life of those who followed uh, or wrote after him. We don't see them being alone, do we? We don't see them them just believing in God and being saved. We see them surrounding themselves with others of the same belief and acting upon it as well. So if we say to ourselves, um, if we want to be our own, on our own, are we doing what Jesus did? Well, no, we're not. What about the people we read in the Acts of the Apostles? What about Peter and Paul and John and so many others? They're not on their own, are they, either? They're surrounded by people. It's good for them to be part of a group. Think of what God introduced right at the start of the Bible. And it's so surely if it's good for them to be part of a group, then surely it's good for us to be part of a group as well. Surely it's good for me to be part of a group. Jesus needed help from his disciples, from those who surrounded him. So how can I say that all that is required is God and Jesus and me? If God and Jesus are are giving this direction, giving us this example of of what is a good thing to do, because we believe the Bible is the word of God, well, why, why would I ignore this direction from them? And I don't think it matters about physically meeting together. Obviously some people can't do that. Whether they're in isolation due to distance from others, whether it's due to health, um, whether it's down to the laws of the country meaning that they live in meaning that they can't meet together I don't think that's the point. I think it's there's there's other ways, isn't there? There's, whether it's meeting in homes, whether it's writing letters, maybe sending emails, communicating on S- Skype. All of these are people going to church because they are meeting with those who share our beliefs in God and in His plan. Think about just after Jesus was um, Jesus was Jesus was raised from the dead, and He ascended to heaven and the the first thing we see with peter speaking in the acts of the apostles after he finishes his speech he says in acts 2 and um, verse 42 this is what the people did he said they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to the fellowship of the breaking of bread and to prayer everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles all the believers were together and had everything in common selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had as he had need every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved think of some of the ideas that we've just read there people are believing together they're breaking bread together. it says they had all things in common. they're enjoying fellowship with one another. They are together there's this it, It's a collective there, isn't it? This is the church that're we're, that we're given an example of in the New Testament, and I think that these ideas that we've looked at in the life of Jesus and in the life, and in the first setting up of the church in Acts is my first reason for why I go to church. So our second reason, because I'm not a good person. Our key verse for that is in Mark and chapter 10, if you'd like to turn with me there. Just a couple of verses uh, in, in Mark chapter 10, uh, verse 17 and 18. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. Now as with our first, um, our first idea. This idea is another one which is introduced right at the beginning of the Bible. When we see mankind separating himself from God. By disobeying his commandments. And if we think of the world today. Um, God often isn't in the world, is he? We need to go out of our way to him to remove the separation which was introduced all the way back in Genesis and has affected mankind all the way up to today and beyond. So we need to separate ourselves from worldly ideas and principles, as Jesus told his disciples. You can go to John 17, for example, on, uh, in your own time for, to read a bit more about that. But that means that we need to admit that we don't always get it right. In fact, I think I have, certainly from my point of view, I feel like I get it wrong more often than than I get it right. But God gives us a way of asking for forgiveness. So while we don't need to go to a building for um, confession, if I can put that in inverted commas, as as some churches teach, Without a routine, it can be easy to forget. And I'm not suggesting that church is just a routine, but routines can be good to make sure you do something. Think of uh, say say you joined the gym, and um, unless you force yourself to keep in a routine of that, you're you're it's going to fall out of of habit unless you keep it up. And I think the same can apply to um to us if if we think about our relationship with god going to church gives us a routine which helps us step away from the world it gives us time to reflect and think away from distractions and as we saw in our key verse there jesus tells us that no one is good but god alone jesus took time didn't he as we saw in our first example um, he took time to meditate and speak to God and so going to church can be a good refresher each week. It's not the only place where we can think and reflect but it's a good refresher that takes us away from the things of the world which can bog us down, the troubles of this world which may mean we forget God in our lives or perhaps if we're enjoying the pleasures of the world it's easy to forget God. So. My second reason for going to church is because I'm not a good person, it's a time for, that helps me to think and reflect and remember just what Jesus did when he gave his life and opened up that way that we can, uh, that that separation of us from God can be removed through his mercy and his promises to mankind. So our third reason, because I'm important to the church. What do I mean by that? Well, we took 1 Corinthians chapter 12, didn't we, as our opening reading. We read a, We read a few verses there from verse 12 down to the end of the chapter. We're not going to read that again just now. Um, but I think this builds on our first point of going to church being something God is telling us to do. Now why, well, why do I say that? Um, well, in our, in our opening reading, we see the analogy of, uh, of a, a body made up of different parts. It describes hands and ears and eyes and so on. They make up a person. And it's the same with a church. Many people make up a church. And as we've seen, the church is a body of people. Different parts of the human body have different roles. Uh, Verse 17, for example, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Well, That makes sense, doesn't it? Different people in a church have different roles. And it also makes the point in this chapter that a body doesn't function well if it's missing a particular part. Um, It describes the different senses. Verse 17 says, um, well, how, how um, how could we smell if we... Uh, if we, we're only made up of ears, so in the context of our question about why I go to church, well, I'm part of this overall body, and all the parts of the body are important, and um, even those. Uh, verse twenty two says they are those that you might think are weaker. They are uh, they are also indispensable. Everyone in the church is different. We're all different, aren't we? We all have a different role to play. You're not going to find uniformity in a church um, in fact as we see it with a human body itself the diversity is a strength for the human body it makes it complete and so it's good that we're all different i think sometimes it may it, it can seem like a church is made up of a, ra- a random sample of people um, but it's these differences whether it's personality traits uh, different ages different jobs talents abilities or, or culture All of these combine together to make up a working unit. Verse 24 um, says, But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body. So it's those that that make up the church have been called by God, hand-picked to create a working body with Jesus as the head. And there's there's many rules. Verse twenty eight to the end tells of those, doesn't it? It tells us there's many different roles that we get, that we have. No one is capable of fulfilling all of those roles. And so, if one person is missing, then the body suffers. And that's what I mean by saying I'm important to the church. I'm important because if I'm missing, then the whole body suffers. And that applies to every single person, every person in this room, or anybody listening on the on the podcast who's part of a church. Everyone is important to help that church to function well. There's plenty of examples, isn't there? We looked at a few of of people being together in the Bible. um, But a couple, just to add to that, you can maybe look at in your own time. Think of Mark chapter 2, when Jesus heals the paralytic. How did the paralytic get to Jesus? Well, he was brought by his friends. And Jesus says in verse 2 of of Mark chapter 5, when Jesus saw their faith, He's talking about those who were, the, the person who was invalid, but also those who were carrying him. They, were, they had strength in numbers. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 to 12 reads, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. It's describing the value of a friend there, isn't it? But that also applies to the value of numbers in the church working together. And so I'm an important part of this working body, as are you. Whether it's teaching or learning, helping or being helped, we're brought together together by God to make up the church and so I don't think I can do it myself, I don't think any of us can do it ourselves individually and that's the third reason why I go to church. So as we bring our thoughts to a close I think it's fitting that the very next chapter um, um, in, in Corinthians chapter 13 is all about love because it's important that we serve God by doing things in the right way. We're told to serve in love with the right attitude and with the right motives, and that comes from helping each other along the way towards God's kingdom. So, can I be a follower of Jesus on my own? Well, I'd strongly uh, strongly answer, say that the answer is no, and that's why I go to church.